We will proceed no further in this business. Was the hope drunken wearing your justice self? I has it slept since. And wakes it now till it looks a green and pale, or what I did so freely? Hey! Privy peace! I dare do all that may become a man. It is the more none. What beast was it then that made you bring this enterprise to me? Wherein you dost do it, then you were a man. If we should fail! We fail! But screw your courage to the sticking place, and will not fail. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Film, a podcast that is not about Scottish films. I'm Paul Salt. And I'm Katie Maiden. Three short years after the Royal Shakespeare Company and one short continent away, <laughs> Hungary decided to get in on the Scottish play action. They did. They decided this was their racket. So, they got a promising young whippersnapper named Bellatar to direct the hour-long single-shot adaptation. Two, two shots is what I read, yeah. Two shots after the opening title. Nem menj ebben a dologban. Részek volt a remény, amiben öltöztél. És félekkel felelsz az ízlenékre, mint macska a mesében. Eléd, merek annyit, amennyit férfi merhet, aki többet mer, nem ember. Ilyen szöntáratát veled elém a terved. Addig voltál ember, míg merni tudtad. És ha több lennél, mint voltál. A siker férfinak is örülne. És agyát szétzúznám, ha úgy megfogadtam volna, mint te ezt. És ha baj lesz? Baj lesz! Feszítsd égsőkig bátorságot Tar, of course, went on to become a very well-respected filmmaker, directing classic films like Saturn Tango and the Workmaster, the Workmeister Harmonies, and the Turin Horse. And it's often con- this film is often considered his watershed moment. Wow! So his hour upon the stage. How was the actual film, television film? Okay, so I, like I said last week, I'm trying to watch these like I've never seen a Macbeth before. But this is difficult because obviously it's in Hungarian, so you're reading subtitles. Mm. So I'm approaching it as someone who is watching English subtitles that's never seen Macbeth before. (laughs) I approached it as a Hungarian man, sat (laughs) in his home in Soviet, uh, Soviet-controlled Eastern Bloc, 1982, (laughs) Hungary. And I spent a long day trying to peel the potato I ate for dinner. (laughs) I mean, that's how I approach other movies, just not this one. (laughs) That's how I approach Mean Girls. And let me tell you... (laughs) It really puts a different spin on things. So, yeah. yeah. So that's how I was approaching it. Um, and if I had never seen or read Macbeth or heard of Macbeth before, mm. um, I would probably, like, kind of be able to relay the storyline of this film to you. Yeah. But it wouldn't be the exact same storyline as Macbeth. No. There are some differences. The main difference being this is, this is an hour and 12 minutes long. Yes, we're very short. And, I mean, as we said, the whole thing is delivered in two takes the first take is about five minutes long and it's leading up to the title screen and then the rest is like 55 minutes long which is very interesting and it's very intimate staging we're super close to everybody's face i was gonna say that we are up close to everyone's face there are only like two or three shots where you get a a wide or a long shot yeah we'll talk about those but mostly you're up on the faces of yeah. either Macbeth on his own, yep. Macbeth and Lady Macbeth, and then a few central characters. Yeah. There are like loads of, loads of characters. There are some that are cut out. Yeah. And were clearly deemed unnecessary. Um, yeah. 
there's no there's no like rolling hills of scotland there's no, <laughs> no big castle no it's staged within one very tight sort of courtyard that we spend most yes. of our time in that looks like a sort of that's reminiscent of one of the sets to the earlier television shows that we watched um particularly the um itv 70s uh macbeth it has that kind of feel to it for sure it has that mm. kind of dirty feel you know when i was talking about it last mm. time where everyone looks a bit muddy in the tragedy of Macbeth, you mentioned that. Yeah, so also, you probably noticed this too, but um, that you could see their breath. Oh. Because it was so cold. And oh, so you man. really got the idea that it was really cold there. That's neat. I didn't I mean, it's not that. The, that. I mean, it is cold in Scotland, but it's not. I feel like it's probably colder where they were shooting, which I <laughs> guess was in Hungary. That might have just been sh- uh, Soviet shooting conditions. A couple of things mm. that I, I noted mm-hmm. and that, that I should. You know, this is the time to talk about them. And I think one of the most important things is that uh, Macduff is kind of hot in this one. So <laughs> I know usually I point out the hottest uh, member of the class. Absolutely. This, this week, the mantle goes to Macduff. Um, <laughs> there were some bits that were kind of confusing. Uh-huh. Is that because we hadn't got the characters as much, mm. like, for example, Malcolm, mm. he then mentions Malcolm in the like final scene like oh malcolm was he not born a woman yeah and it's kind of like wait who was that guy (laughs) because he's in like one really short scene at the beginning yes and that principally comes from and this is something i'll probably talk about later we have we are diverting from shakespeare in order to focus solely and explicitly on macbeth and lady macbeth yes you know we're sticking to their perspective and as a result you know part of the reason this is so short is they've excised most of scene four which you know really focuses on those other characters and um, we're just focusing really in on those two characters and having a very singular kind of subjective experience of this story, which is very interesting. And I've argued in favour of that before. You know how much we hate scene mm. four anyway. Yeah, most that's of it. <laughs> act four, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, act um, four sucks, but here it's... Act yeah. four, scene two can go away. Oh, I think... Uh, yeah, I think it's scene three that's really bad. <laughs> Just that that whole act is like... (laughs) Banquo is kind of old in this one. Yeah, he is. Yeah, which... It it doesn't bother me. Mm. Um, I just always imagined Macbeth and Banquo to be the same age, like contemporaries, and they Mm. weren't really in this one. Macbeth in this one looks like Jamie Lannister. He he did. I did think that, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he's kind of like handsome-ish, but kind of rugged handsome. Yeah. Um, And there's no... There's barely any Duncan... Yes, um, yeah, very subdued. He's very much a non-entity and it focuses in on more of the sort of journey of, again, Macbeth and his own inner turmoil. But, okay, so there's a scene I really love mm-hmm. where it's the witch's second scene and oh, they, yeah. like, put their hands on Macbeth's face. Yes, and it goes all red. And it goes all red. So it's like their mm. hands are, like, really on Macbeth's face and we're really close up. So it's kind of... I don't know if this was intentional, but it's almost like showing their influence on him and how they're kind of um, manipulating his mind in a way. Yeah. By putting their hands on his face. Yeah. Like they're, they're kind well, that, of... Their method of showing him the vision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I really like that shot. That was yeah. my favourite shot. How did you like the film? Because we're doing one take, the tendency would be... The risk is that things get awkward that you're just waiting for other people to move into shots that we go here. But because of the intimacy with getting close to the characters' faces, it actually becomes really easy for Tar's transition between sequences. We just, the, the main character just moves off and the next character is exactly there when they need to be. 
which yes. is very interesting because it's kind of theater blocking with cinematic closeness. You know, it, the theater would use this because they only have limited space to work with. They would have this action is happening here. And as soon as it starts, we're to understand that this is months later or, you know, a completely different part of the country yeah. here because we're not cutting. We have to do that anyway. And I don't know. I can't help but feel maybe you'd do it by having the main character leave, lighting changes, music sounds, you pan over to another part of the stage, and that's how the audience knows we've moved on. Yes. Tard doesn't do that. He just, literally, the next scene, which could be a different time, different place, is just like here, and the camera just moves an inch, and now we've got this other character. Yeah, absolutely. I think a really good example of that Mm. is after Macbeth has seen The Witches a second time. Yeah. Yes, he like stumbles backwards into mm. the next scene. Yes, and he came into that from a previous one because he like takes Macbeth by the arm and it's like, "Come, let's go to bed." And then as he's walking, Macbeth, Lady Macbeth disappears, and the witches are in front of him. Yeah, exactly. So he's yeah. like, "It's really yeah." I, I don't know how much I like it. Like, I think it's I... really brave, and I think mm. it was it makes everything flow. Like, you you yeah. almost can't can't take a break. Because if you look away, like, I completely missed where Macbeth became king. (laughs) And I was like, when did he become king? Because it's like one line or something. It is. We go from the scene where everybody's like, oh, God, King Duncan's dead. This is awful. Pan a bit to the left and Banquo's there being like, oh, so now he's king. And if you, yeah, if you miss that, then, and then it's straight into, you know, Banquo's leaving and Macbeth is planning his murder. So... Yeah, it's it's very fast, which I've got to say is really unusual for Bellatar. Because anyone familiar with his seven and a half hour film Sa- uh, Saturn Tango? <laughs> oh, which I am not. <laughs> I recommend it. It's actually really good. All of his films are really good. They're just difficult. <laughs> they they He has this thing where he likes really long shots where, to put it uncharitably, nothing is happening. Right, you're like, yeah. you know, there's moments in the Turin Horse where all you're seeing is characters pouring drinks and drinking or peeling potatoes or, you know, just nothing. And it has this hypnotic, beautiful, absorbing quality to it where you really feel like you're in these places with these characters and you get a real sense of their lives. So it's very odd that this should be such a sort of adrenaline rush of a Macbeth ad- adaptation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it feels. It's kind of that mm. fast paced, like... It's almost like, oh yeah, I don't really have time to watch like a whole Macbeth, but I'll get an idea of the basic plot by just watching the Bellatar. <laughs> Absolutely, it was. Very, I don't know. Maybe those expectations landed on it. Maybe the uh, television, the the people, the Hungarian television people were only like, you can have an hour. You have anywhere. an hour, and he's like, hour and twelve minutes. <laughs> They're like, fine, but not a second more. <laughs> um, a couple of other moments on the film before we move on. A big horsey final battle. Yes, so yeah. we didn't get a battle at the beginning, no, which was started to get quite a lot. Mm, um, yes. but we did get a battle at the end. Um, yeah, it was kind of a bit of a lame battle, a little bit, but it was <laughs> it was so fun to have the horses and but people's there were horses, swords and so, such. I like the horses. Yeah. <laughs> there was like a classic horses and, and like joust, not jousting, but you know what I mean, like fencing mm. kind of. Um, yeah. yeah, so we did get that. Yeah, which was fun. I don't know if you felt this too, but a lot of the soliloquies reminded me of praying, like prayers. Yes. So I noticed that in the beginning, the first one of Lady Macbeth, Hmm. it was, she talked to like a person in her normal voice and then did her soliloquy in like a whisper. I don't know if Hmm. you've ever been in a church where everybody kind of, 
says a prayer like much more quietly than they say it to themselves which also it kind of makes sense sure for soliloquies to be prayers because yeah. they're talking to someone who's not there and and <laughs> is kind of connected for to guidance them. Yeah, things out. Yeah. So I kind of like that. I thought that was a good touch. I don't know yeah. whether it was intentional, hmm. but that's how I saw it and I went with it and I liked it. So cool. if you're going to watch the, this version, <laughs> think about the soliloquies as prayers. It might help you yeah, out. Absolutely. All right. Fair is foul and foul is fair. How close are we to Shakespeare? So, You're like an hour off. <laughs> yeah, an hour and 20 minutes of stuff has been cut. And I've got to say some pretty good cuts. They did cut some fat. And, they cut, um, um, I mean, they cut the horrible scene from Act 4, scene 3 yeah. or whatever it is. Well, I think, if I remember correctly, 2 is the murder of Macduff's family and 3 is um, the boring... Um, the boring the scene. Ma- Malcolm and Macduff scene. I might yeah. be wrong on that, but it's basically the last half of... Everything in scene 4 after he gets his second prophecy is could be cut and is here and is yeah. ungrateful for that. <laughs> However, they do cut a lot of Lady Macbeth... They do. The sleepwalking scene was quite short. Yeah, and and they cut pretty much everything of Lady Macbeth in between the banquet scene and the sleepwalking scene. Well, there's not much in there in the play. That's the thing. I know. Is, I know. It's in the play, we have a long absence. And in that absence, she goes crazy. Here, there is no long absence. We have, I think, the last scene with her in the play, which is, um, hey, I'm going to go see the witches again. Okay. Um, straight to her sleepwalking, which I think is how it happens in the play, but because those scenes are now one scene apart, which is just the second prophecy, it does feel even more abrupt. I would, if I've been thinking about how I would solve this without her having any other lines, Uh and I would, if I was staging Macbeth, Mm. I would have her, like, walk in the background of scenes, like, walk past scenes or whatever Mm. that were happening in the castle and just watch her slowly going crazy, like, rubbing her hands. That'd be quite good. Kind of just using, like, movement instead of... Because she doesn't have any lines. You know what? Act 4 is just going to screw us over no matter how we try here. Because the problem is he doesn't go back to the castle until then. Yeah. The the order of Macbeth is, hey, I'm going to go see the witches again. Sorry how crazy I was at dinner. Okay, fine. And then he goes off, sees witches, then boring stuff that doesn't involve Macbeth at all, and then sleepwalking. It might be interesting to have Lady Macbeth, though, in the background of stuff like the what's the name family getting killed the Macduff family like not literally seeing it but maybe just knowing that it's happening well that's the thing you because if you were doing this on stage you mm. don't need her to be in the location things exactly, are happening yeah. you can use different sections of the stage yeah. especially if you've got a castle set that's like not moving like mm. in the background or something yeah so you don't have to have her literally in the scene yeah but that's much more difficult on film yeah so. I've got to say so far my favourite thing to do with Lady Macbeth was Joe Macbeth where they had her actually witness the murder of the Macduffs. I was just thinking that, yeah, it's, yeah. it makes sense that she would go crazy after that. Yeah. And also with um, Throne of Blood, Throne of Blood it the makes baby. sense yeah. Yeah, for her to go crazy after she has a miscarriage. Yeah, so, those are the two yeah. best ones so far. Mm. Um, but in terms of this, um, yes. there are a couple of things that are obviously different. Yes. Like, for example, Les Duncan... Less yeah. Malcolm and Donald Bain. Oh, yeah. Um, much less Banquo. No Fleance. Do no, we see not... Well, we didn't have the scene of him and his son, I don't think. You know, hold my sword. Yeah. I don't think we had that. So without that, no, you don't get any Fleance. No. Um... That and the murder scene. Uh, we didn't... Well, did Macbeth go off to kill Macduff's family himself? 
Yes, he did. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to go kill them. Bye. <laughs> back later. Don't go crazy whilst I'm away. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. And then he comes back, shiz, you ain't crazy. I told you not to do that. <laughs> Bitch never listens. Speaking of which, we do have Shakespearean language, but yes. in Hungarian, which is interesting. Yes, we do. We do have basically word for word yeah. um, Shakespearean language in Hungarian. Mm. According to the subtitles, yeah. neither of us can read Hungarian. <laughs> so, and no. not read. Neither of us yeah. can speak the Hungarian. So no, but like every so know. often, like the subtitle would say Macduff and the character would say Macduff. So I was like, okay, <laughs> that, I'm willing to believe this. <laughs> it must be somewhat close. Sounds legit. Sounds legit to me. But um, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. made the storyline made sense. Yeah, the storyline sure. was basically like, dude gets told he's going to become king, murders he to become king, murders king, becomes king, goes and crazy, and then yeah, everybody goes, else comes and kills him. Everybody else wants to kill him. They do. Yeah, but because that, but like, there's no nuance here. Like, there's no side plot. There's no extra characters. I mean, we do get. Like a couple of extra characters, but mm. only the ones that are essential. In terms of plotting, maybe, but I would argue maybe in favour of nuance in terms of the way in which it is staged. I thought yeah. that there was a tremendous visual flair which did help, and fairly, as we'll come to, good performances from our leads. Yeah, not not nuance like that, but mm. no subplots. There was no elaboration. It was yeah. a very terse kind of thing, and I would like to see a sort of longer, more Bellatar-style approach to this material. A four and a half hour long Bellatar Macbeth, but it was interesting the ways in which he kept it on its feet, kept it moving, and just got through the whole thing. To be mm. honest, right? If you said to me, you have 72 minutes, right? What do you cut? I don't think I would do that much differently. No, I think, yeah, if you've, if you've, if that's literally all you have, that is, this is a pretty good attempt at the whole thing. I'm trying to think of anything else I would cut that was still in here. I don't think so. I don't remember it wasting any time. Yeah, a bit, that's that's exactly what it is. It mm. does not waste any time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's go into some regular segments. Extra ghosts, no ghosts at all. No ghosts, no Banquo, no, Banquo no just, ghosts. Macbeth looks off stage and supposedly sees Banquo. Is all yeah, he sees yeah. like some sort of vision, but we don't, yeah, we don't yeah. know. He looks like behind the camera. Yeah. 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 So... Which I think we've seen before. I think... Um, Oh, did Ian McKellen not have a... He didn't get a Banquo ghost, did he? No, no Banquo ghost in the Ian yeah, McKellen. Yeah, must be common on stage. There was like nothing in that. It was just black. <laughs> <laughs> there was um, just Ian McDermott. Can I just say one thing uh-huh. um, about the... While well, we're on the banquet scene, uh-huh. there's that bit where he like falls backwards. Oh, falls yeah. his back. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that must have hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he does. He just properly clunks standing up straight and then falling directly backwards onto <laughs> your back without moving your body at all that's essentially what he did oh uh, yeah this is a pretty sturdy but he should be a wrestler seriously <laughs> maybe that's why because i looked i don't i didn't notice many of his other credits maybe he went into wrestling after that. he was actually in <laughs> wwe now <laughs> um ross's poker face none seen omitted no i didn't notice a ross no ross at all i don't no. think i mean somebody comes to him to tell him that Macdeath, um, Macdeath, <laughs> I am Macdeath. That's his wrestling name. <laughs> um, somebody comes to tell him that Macduff has fled. That might have been Ross because um, sometimes Seward gets to do that, but I didn't notice a Seward either. So yeah, uh... I mean, there's, oh no, no, there is someone because somebody yeah. tells him that uh, there's a woman screaming. 
Yeah, no, there is there is the yeah, character. Yeah, I think, but I think he's just like a combo of like all of those characters, like combo over us. And, yeah, and... <laughs> Porter speech. He's kind of super weary in this. Yeah, he's like sleepy drunk. You yeah. know, when you, you get drunk, you're either like happy drunk or depressed drunk. Yeah, he is like the kind of depressed drunk <laughs> as opposed to the happy drunk. <laughs> Yeah, he's not a happy drunk at all. <gasps> yeah, and he's, he's just like sleepy and, and yeah. Sleepily relaying his information about boners. Yeah. Um Yeah, and then Macbeth shows up and it's just like everyone's like, Oh thank God. And they just ignore him and move past like Macbeth <laughs> and he's just he just wanders off. Yeah, like when you, you you're talking to someone at a party you don't want to be talking to, and you see someone, <laughs> ah! and you're like, oh, "Hey, Paul! Hey, hey, you! This guy, you I'll catch buddy up with pal. I'll catch I'll, up I'll, with I'll you, see later. you later." And then yeah. you never speak to them again. Fuck. Then you leave. Then you jump out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's really awkward, and there's only two of you there, but um, you can make it work. <laughs> now, only sometimes extra bits of dialogue stand out to me. Only two did in this. One was when Macbeth is, talk- is seeing the dagger, and he says, "Mine eyes have made the fools of the other senses." And I just like the idea that his other senses would be judging the- his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot those guys are! What an idiot! Have Do you, you not see this is not a dagger? <laughs> can you smell a dagger? No, you cannot. No, can you taste a dagger? No. <laughs> Taste is a funny one, isn't it? Taste is in there, just like... I would tell you if there was a dagger. Would you? (laughs) Would you? Can you? (laughs) Look, taste, I'm getting pretty sick of your shit. Okay. (laughs) You just wait until I have a pie, and that's it. Oh, and the other one was um, after um, a very loud and quite extraordinary Macduff um, is running around screaming murder. Not as big and crazy as that guy. I can't remember if it was in the 1970 or the 1960 Hallmark one. Do you remember we had a McDuff who was just like, oh, horror, horror. Yeah. Like, he was just huge. It's not as big as that, but... But the, get... there is some shout team, McDuff. Yeah, yeah we've got yeah. a pretty noisy McDuff, and Lady Macbeth appears, and it's like, what's the business that such a hideous trumpet calls to Parley, the sleepers at the house? And I just like calling him a hideous trumpet. <laughs> Like the guy with the face. Take your face away. <laughs> Hence with thy face. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I love that line. That's the best line. It's the best line in Shakespeare, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the fucking to, do, to be or not to be speech. <laughs> what is that? What does it even mean? What it's does it not mean? something you can say to someone to make, take, make them take their face over there. Take your face away from me. Hence. Um, all right, trammel up the consequences. Now, a little lead into this. We've got Lady Macbeth. Right, she's talking about, oh, I would have killed her. And she, we're kind of building an intensity, and I'm like, why are we building an intensity? And she's like, oh, if, I, if he didn't look like my father, I would have done it. I hope he doesn't check it out, because if he does check it out, then we're all going to be in trouble. Pan, and holy shit, there's the murder. Yeah, so this is this is one of like the two shots that I was talking about, which aren't like super up close. This is... Yeah. It's like um, they're shooting down a well. It's like a big yeah. Hole. She's like in the rafters. She's gone yes. up to the rafters of the room, and they start the conversation. Did you hear something? Whilst he's still there with the body. Yeah, he's so there with the body. He it. like throws a sheet kind of half over the body. Yeah, like he's on the bed. It's really weird. It's hard to describe. I would, I would love to like, I don't know, put a picture out there of this because mm. it's just like he's almost at a forty-five degree angle onto Lady Macbeth. Yeah, it's really bizarre. It's like mm. 
he's yeah, like you're like you've got a bed down a well, yeah. and you're like shit. The shot was down there, and I was like, whoa, this is like, and the the difference between all the really up close shots and this mm. one is so obvious because everything else is so up close. Yeah, it was a very good depth of shot moment where we simultaneously have sort of Lady Macbeth and the bed and the murder. It was yeah, dramatic, and I liked that. Yeah, I liked it as well. Yeah, good murder, good murder. <laughs> Tick. Tick. Okay, what bloody man is that? How did we find Macbeth? Uh, Georgie? Oh, fuck, I forgot to Google this. Uh, so- Sahami. I'm going to go with Georgie Sahami. Wow. Um, I bet that's Ch, actually. I bet it's we- Georgie Sahami. Because we get so much of Macbeth, I mean, like mm. you said, this is a, a story about Macbeth and Lady mm. Macbeth. Definitely. There is so much to kind of assess here. Mm. Um, I didn't, like, love him. Okay. Like, but I also thought that his facial expressions were so good. Yeah, he had a great because face. I everything was up close on his face. Mm. And he had, like, some moments where you could, like, see his brain ticking. So, for example, <laughs> when he gets told that Lady Macbeth is dead, That's which, exactly by the, the way, one. is a hilarious line, because yeah. this guy just moves into shot oh, and goes, right. the Queen is dead, and then that's moves right. out of shot straight away. <laughs> it's so abrupt. No, but you're right. I made note of that. We just get a moment. Before he says anything, we know that tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow is coming, but before that, we just get a beat of him just looking crestfallen yeah i was like oh baby jamie yeah. lannister it's not actually good. jamie lannister by the way guys but he does what? look like him it's not nicola Co- nikolai costa walder um because this was in 1982 so... this was 1982 and he was born in 1993 he's a spice girl so <laughs> yeah so that that was one thing I really noticed was the thing. Was also, the, the change in pitch of voice. So, as you may have yeah. noticed from our intro, yeah. <laughs> we um, the, there's a lot of shouting in this movie. Fair amount of shouting, but not early on. Early on, everybody is being super quiet and kind of deliberate. And I thought, okay, this will be an interesting direction. And, you know, Bellatar is not known for his melodramatics. Mm. So I was kind of thinking, okay, this kind of tracks. But then... Yes, then yeah. we get super shouty. It gets shouty at that speech, the at that conversation we did. Yes, when but when he does his soliloquies, yeah. he's super quiet. Mm. So it's a it's a change of speech. It's almost like a complete escalation. Yeah. Well, like, Macbeth, he has to be big when he's bossing people around the castle in order to show, you know, he's becoming unhinged and such. So, yeah, he does that stuff well. And the biggest moment for me, for in terms of his performance, was when um, I can't remember who it is. Some member of the court asks him, "Why did you kill the guards?" And he has to say that he was all caught up in the emotion and did it. And, you know, who wouldn't who has the milk of human kindness in them? But my God, did he go big in that moment. Not a big fan of the shoutiness. I think that hmm. I like the change in pitch of, like, from whispering to shoutiness. Yeah. But it was, like, shouting all the time. Yeah. And I don't I'm like, he'll... chill out. I but... preferred his quieter moments and that we didn't maybe get enough of them. I, I like the fact that this isn't one of one of the performers who is willing to n- use more than just the language to emote, but he's not my favourite Macbeth, I don't think. Yeah. 
Um, the serpent under it. How about that, Lady Macbeth? Urzabet, Kut Volgri. Your pronunciation Volg- is perfection. I'm sure that it's absolutely right. The, there <laughs> um, are little bits written around some of the letters, and I don't know what that means, and it does frighten me. <laughs> so, Lady Macbeth is. Uh, she like uses her womanly wiles yes. against him in a kind of way because they're so up close with their faces. She has to almost like be kissing him while she's delivering her lines. Yes, to yes. To kind of use her womanly wiles. On there was him. a lot of intimacy I found. Yes, he, she's also quite shouty when she needs to be, but Can she's be. also very like whispering when she's doing her soliloquies. Uh huh. Yeah. So we do get like a really stark contrast between her shoutiness and her whisperiness. I only found her shouty when she had to, like, match up to... Um... To Macbeth, yeah. Yeah, She is exactly. not a Lady Macbeth to be reckoned with. She is, like, yeah. you know, she is the serpent under it. She's not going to do a Judy Dench-style metal scream. But because we don't... Because we have a lot of scenes cut, mm. you get to the, you know, the sleepwalking scene, which is really short, and you don't really get... Yeah, any was... of her being crazy apart from at a distance and I so didn't I, I didn't really have like much to say about her apart from the fact that you, like we have that intimacy yeah I didn't get much out of her in the sleepwalking scene but my favourite scene in the film actually is just after uh, Macbeth has sent the murderers he goes and sees Lady Macbeth who's having doubts this is one of her best scenes She's having doubts and she's like, oh, maybe it would have been better if we had died as well because of how sad we are now to have gambled everything and, you know, gained nothing. Yeah, Macbeth comes in and they have this moment where essentially he's saying, yeah, I'll try and be cheerful at the party. Incidentally, I've I've done something else that's bad, but I can't tell you because it would be better if you didn't know, which I think might be a good inciting incident for her craziness. The fact that, you know, she's kind of created this monster now who she's not even going to tell her what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, in the in the play you know she yeah. says like he had a wife and now he doesn't have a wife kind of thing yeah so uh, it's a really good scene they're really intimate really close they're together they're sort of talking and it's almost as if they're about to go to sleep but then they have to then stand up and walk over where suddenly the bank the banquet is just there yeah it's just so weird <laughs> it was good i liked it but it really felt like the party scene had just broken into this soft moment and it was Abrupt, I like that. It was like being yanked out of bed. Which had this really good impact, and I feel like that maybe is how it feels for these characters who at this stage just don't want to party. But yeah. have to to sort of keep up appearances. The banker mm. scene, as you know, is not one of my favourite scenes. Mm. But this one was pretty good, mainly because it was cut mm. down. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, he's always like this, don't worry. Takes it goes the on drink. for a while, right? He falls backwards. In the play, it goes on for a while, that scene. Yeah, that's why I don't like it. It's too and long. I don't like what happens immediately after with other lords being like, oh, he's a bit crazy. It's like, yeah, we get the point. We know that you're starting to doubt him. He's mental. <laughs> it's fine. Let's just his yeah. Face. 
I do respect the decision to stick closely to Macbeth and Lady Macbeth, and it's only when watching an adaptation like this that you sort of realise how superfluous some of those extra scenes with, like, Lord Number 7 actually oh, I is. I like the Ickershaw characters, though. Mm. Sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it has, like, a Game of Thrones-style, who's tricking who, kind of court intrigue-style thing. Mm. Um, sometimes it just feels like it's getting in the way of this real psychological story that we have here. I guess there's room for both approaches. It's true. The, mm. This play is about the psychology of Macbeth yeah. and Lady Macbeth, and that is really what this film is about. Yeah, it's not like Julius Caesar, where you've got different factions all working against each other, and, you know, who can you trust and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, God, there are so many characters in Julius Caesar. <laughs> All right, well, weirdest sister. How spooky were the witches? The witches were men. Witches were men. Weirdly, it was the first thing I noticed about this. I think I prefer them to be women. I prefer them to be women, though the beards line now makes sense. It does, except that it's immediately preceded by you should be women. And it's like, should they? Should they? Yeah, I don't know why he made the decision to have them as men. The only thing I can think of Mm, is that it makes Lady Macbeth the only woman. It does. It does do that. So it almost makes her, like, have all the sexuality and all of the femininity. Yeah, true. Although often the witches are portrayed as sort of older women um, in that way, so... In terms of sensuality, it's very rare to have sexy witches, except for that one time. That one time. That one no, time not, with hot witch number three. <laughs> not like sexuality, but like literal gender. Yeah, Like yeah. she had all of the power of the woman. Yeah, of, that's true. Of femaleness, because she was the only female. However, I'm also wondering if it was a budget thing, because they <laughs> probably doubled women. as like some of the yeah. other characters. Yeah, whereas you yeah. can't get them to double as other women because there aren't any. Yes, yeah, that might well be it. This does not pass the Bechdel test. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, does Macbeth pass the Bechdel test? No, it doesn't. Because the only time that the witches are talking... Well, hang on. There is a bit where they're like, hey, where'd you get that thumb? That <laughs> Although that is a guy's thumb, so kind of. So. <laughs> where should we three meet again? I mean, eventually it's, you know, Macbeth will be there, but... Yeah. A little bit. I'm not sure. It like... <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, hang on. Are they even named? The witches. Oh, they have to be named, don't they? No, they they're have like, to be which named. one, which so two, which three? You're right. Lady Macbeth is the only character. Uh, no, Lady Macbeth and Macduff's wife. I mean, really, Lady Macbeth is not... Lady, being called Lady Macbeth is like, you know, Mrs. Corfield. You know, it's not your actual <laughs> name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's not yeah. even like... Yeah. I'm beginning so, to have serious no. doubts about Shakespeare's feminist credentials. M- Macbeth does not pass the Vectal test. <laughs> Shame. I mean, you could have, there are characters that could be women. You could have Ross being a woman. Mm, you could we'll have think... Fleance being a, a little girl. You yeah, could have any of these characters day. apart from, really, Macbeth and Duncan. Because they're the kings. Oh my god, what about female Macbeth and male Lady Macbeth? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely been done. Yeah, but like with the gender swapped roles within the story, so it's not like oh we just have a woman playing, but we'll refer to him as like a man, as, yeah. her as a man. I'm sure it's been done. 
Yeah, we'll find out. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> It'll show, if it has been done, we shall see it. Um, okay, so the witches weren't too spooky, but I kind of liked their presence. It was odd. They were so... I'm going to keep using the word intimate here, but they were. They kept like touching the faces of Banquo and Macbeth in both like things and kind of stroking them and uh, and holding them. And, yes, you know, and they were then... very up close to each other yeah. and to Macbeth. Yeah, and, it was inter- and there was a sadness to their prophesizing. You know, it wasn't like, um, <laughs> we shall get him. It was very much a case of just um, morosely delivering these, pro- for, you know, foretelling doom. Yes. It, was yeah. it wasn't I so like much it. witches. It was more like, I don't know if mm. you want to call them warlocks or soothsayers or something. Yeah, like soothsayers. It was more like, yeah, just like, look, we've got some news for you. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, I had a feel of the Greek to it. Yeah. Yeah, I did wonder if uh, when they first showed up, I was kind of like, "Oh my god, what if all, what if like this is like classic Shakespeare, and all of the female roles are going to be played by men, oh, including Lady yeah. Macbeth?" I mean, no, but they didn't have like wigs on and stuff. So. No, no, they didn't. Although they, according to dialogue, they were meant to be women, but yeah. Anywho, he needs not our mistrust. Not shown. We don't get to see the third murderer because we yeah. don't get to see the murder. There's There's actually, only, one, only one murderer. Just one, and we don't get to see the murderer. So no, we don't. Which. Yeah. Considering how many silly Banquo murders we've had. Some of the Banquo murders have been good. We're going to have to think about this. Because I think at the end of this series, we'll like improvise our own Macbeth. Um, and decide what we want to include and what we want to excise. It's not looking good for you, scene four. Uh, act four, <laughs> sorry. You're going to have to really impress us in one of the subsequent adaptations to stay in here. At the moment, you're cut. Um, <laughs> that was Bellatar's Macbeth. It was really interesting. Again, I probably wouldn't recommend it as a first experience of Macbeth, but yeah, definitely how, not. <laughs> yeah, considering how well we know the play, it was really interesting to see the sort of ways in which he worked with it. And also, I would highly recommend watching one of Bellatar's films. I don't know if the Turin Horses is most accessible, or if that even makes sense in the context of a Bellatar filmography. But probably don't start with Satin Tango unless you do have a day free. <laughs> okay, a charmed life. Let's have Shady's Catesbeer fact. I suck. My Shakespeare fact this week is that Shakespeare put a curse on his own grave. Ooh. So he penned a curse for his own grave, daring anyone to move <laughs> his body from his resting place. Oh, shit. Do you want to know what the epitaph says? I do. Good friend, for Jesus' sake, forbear to dig the dust enclosed here. Blessed be the man that spares these stones, and cursed be he who moves my bones. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Where is he buried? Um, Stratford, Ponavon. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Do you want to? Do you want to go move his bones? <laughs> Should we? I mean, I dare. I, want... I dare you. I double dare you. <laughs> Funnily enough, I hadn't really thought about moving his bones, but now that I, you've read that, I kind of want to move his bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he, could, like they did the one thing that ensures people now <laughs> want to move his bones. <laughs> and then on the seventh day, William Shakespeare crawls out of your bookcase. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Bill. <laughs> yeah. And he scares you to death using his best soliloquy yet. He soliloquizes you to death. Oh, my gosh. I want to hear it. <laughs> so what's yeah. next week, Paul? Well, next up, we are sticking to the small screen for 1983's BBC television at Shakespeare. What? So the very next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. keeping it close. But I think after that, we're in for a bit of a jump to the other end of the 80s. Because no one can make a Macbeth adaptation in the middle 
of a decade. And- yeah, it's actually illegal. It's actually illegal. <laughs> Justin Kurzel broke the law by making his in 2015, <laughs> which almost feels like to mock the authorities of Macbeth. I'm going to put it right in the middle. And they're, they're there at the Globe like, no! <laughs> well, you know, there's superstitions around Macbeth. You're not allowed to say the name. Yeah, you have to say the Scottish play. That's why we called the Scottish film, Paul. I, oh my God. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Katie, how can people find out more stuff about Katie? They can go to my blog, katiewritesabout.com. Mm-hmm. They can find me on Twitter at katiewritesabout. And they can also find me on Instagram at katiewritesabout. And you can listen to my other podcast, Have You Ever Heard Of, which is a history podcast, which is all the fun and it comes out every Monday. What about you, Paul? Where can they hear about you? What about this guy? Well, you can stay here on Screen Mayhem where we're posting up new interviews and reviews and articles and stuff like that just about all the time. Uh, and also other podcasts as well on here, such as the Screen Mayhem Extra podcast, Clone Cl- Clones Cast and all sorts of other things. Um, over at the OGT pod, meanwhile, I'm host. I'm co-hosting one good thing. Yeah, we try to find good things and bad movies. Come see us do that. Yeah, they have to watch a bad movie every week, and it's we do slowly deteriorating their souls. I have really appreciated having having this podcast to sort of watch the old <laughs> Bella Tar and um, Orson Welles film in and amongst the run for your wife's. <laughs> your run for your- I mean, I'm wondering if we are actually going to come across a really, truly bad Macbeth adaptation. Wow. I mean, I mean, I thought it was going to be Joe Macbeth, but actually it was pretty yeah, enjoyable. Yeah, it was really good. A really good sort of gangster so, movie. Yeah. No, so far, all watchable. Yeah, definitely. If, if not, like, some of them were too long, some of them too short, some of them had certain bits that were maybe yeah. questionable, but oh, God, all yeah. of them have been watchable so far. I think probably my least favourite was that one that included all 15 minutes of the um, Act 4, Scene 3. Yeah, that was unnecessary. That was unnecessary and quite frankly spiteful. Was that... <laughs> Although, actually, wasn't that the Michael Jaston one? Because was... I liked everything else about that. I just Yeah, that was that. the one with the good lady at birth as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you see, it's always a mixed bag with these things. Anyway, yes. Okay. <laughs> So, until then, away and mock the time with Ferris' show. False face. False face must hide what the false heart doth know. Bye.